1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by E.P. Wealth.
2: Good day and welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Let's get you to retirement. That's the name of this broadcast, podcast, radio show, whatever you want to call it. This is the day that the president could be arrested. Is that going to be a thing? Is that going to be a market event? Is that going to be a news event? Don't know. Those are kind of curveballs I don't play with. I don't try to speculate. I know politically it's very charged. I'm not politically charged. And I know that financially uh, there could be, you know, a little ramification. But the headline news could be what it is. Headline news. Actually, the Nasdaq was up one third of a percent. The S P 500 was up nine tenths of percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.2 percent. Regulators in Switzerland. Gave the United States markets a boost by calming investors' fears. Um, I think, and I'll I'll get the statistic right, but I'm pretty close. It's either 74 or 77. U.S. banks have gone into bankruptcy and FDIC insurance is, is made good every single time. Batting 100%. That's amazing. It's stunning. It's incredible. And yet we still have runs on the banks, and we still have people who are freaked out, which I love. You have to have winners and losers. You have to have drama. I like volatility. I'm one of those people who enjoys it when a plane hits turbulence. And I think your retirement account could probably be referred to as turbulence or, you know, a plane in a turbulent sky. At times it feels that way. Um, what else do we have to hit? Amazon's going to lay off another 9,000 staffers. That was big news yesterday. The e-commerce giant recently finished letting go of 18,000 employees. It's fair to say that CEO Andy Jassy, who replaced Jeff Bezos, hasn't exactly had a smooth run of it. CDC issues warnings on a fungus. Uh Uh-oh, this is like the last of us. The CDC said yesterday that a a fungal threat to human health is growing at an alarming rate in health facilities across the United States. Candida, Candida auris is what it's called, a drug resistant, sometimes deadly fungus that grows as a yeast and now been detected in more than half of all states after being first found in the United States in 2016. How fun is that? The fungus can get into elderly people's lungs. And weakened immune systems equal death. I know you're saying, Rob, you find the best stories for us to talk about. This was a bit interesting yesterday. Credit Suisse bondholders. uh, Typically in bankruptcy, bondholders fare better than common stock and preferred stock. Common stock and preferred stock are the first to go. And then in theory, bondholders have some rights, but depending on the type of bond you got. These were called tier one bonds. They're established after the 2008 financial crisis to reduce the likelihood that taxpayers would have to bail out a failed bank. They're considered riskier assets. But with that risk comes higher potential returns, higher yields. The more you expect to get from a stock, say, 20 percent or 10 percent or five percent, the more risky the stock is. Same thing with bonds. The more you expect to get, typically, the more risky it is. Six percent is much more risky than five. Five is more risky than four. You get the idea. New UN Climate Report says the window to reduce CO2 emissions is closing. Do we want to go there? Do we want to talk Mad Max future? I don't. I'll tell you why. Because I am the dude that would be the mayor of, like, the town. that The rival dirt gang is going to be uh, taken over. And the mayor never likes. The mayor never lives. He's always like, I want to keep peace between our people and the, the dirt bike gang, and arrow goes into my chest. That's why I don't want to live in the Mad Max-like world. That's just me. So let's switch today. That was all of yesterday, essentially. Uh, Finland got the world's happiest country, according to the annual World Happiness Report. That makes me sad. That just makes me sad. Denmark got second place, and Iceland got third. Oh, uh, what is it about where saunas are commonplace? Maybe we need more saunas. Eggs have gotten so expensive, the Dollar Tree can no longer make a profit selling them. They're going to sell three in a carton now for a dollar. <laughs> I, kid, I kid. Uh Rupert Murdoch, the 92-year-old executive chairman of News Corp, is engaged to be married for the fifth time. All I'm going to say is that doesn't make a lot of sense, but who am I? Who am I? There's no phrase for five times the charm, right? Or is there? That would be news to me. So Let's talk about today. Today we get the Federal Reserve starting their meetings. Tomorrow we get the result. Shares so of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank closed at two hundred sixty-seven and one hundred three dollars, respectively, on March eighth. SP closed at thirty-nine ninety-two. Before the end of trading on March 10th, Silicon Valley Bank was taken over by regulators. The same fate for Signature Bank on the 12th. They were deemed bank failures. The Treasury Department, Federal Reserve and the FDIC saw them as systemic risks. They did what they could to shut them down and cut the risk. Almost immediately, there were demands of the Fed to stop raising interest rates. Some critics even call for rate cuts tomorrow. Fallout of the bank failures, Credit Suisse's financial condition has come under the microscope. EBS brokered a deal to buy the Swiss National Bank, which EBS was clear in saying that it was emergency rescue. Getting a ton of value. If the world stabilizes. So this morning we get some favorable love. We get the NASDAQ 100 climbing higher we get the s&p 500 higher again higher than where we were before the bank calamity that's why i brought up the date of march 8th this is the point where we're like okay we've digested this in a way and we're finding value elsewhere that could be a positive there's a lot of negative sentiment on wall street right now we need more of that it's a contrarian indicator Stock market's been resilient following the banking industry upheaval. Smells like the scent of a Fed policy pivot prayer. If the Fed does nothing tomorrow, I think the markets rally. If the Fed cuts interest rates, the markets rally. But that's not going to happen, though. 25 basis points, if they do 25 basis points up and say something along the lines of, we're done for now, we're going to watch for a month or two, see if anything else breaks. Or they could say, you know, 50 were fighting inflation. Uh, you can make a case for any one of them. And the way that Silicon Valley Bank failed was was poor management. It It, it was definitely tied towards the Fed's moves higher, faster in interest rates. But it was also very poor management. One minute. Anything that you want to talk about what you talk about today, we see home sales spike 14 and percent in the month of February as the median price drops for the first time in over a decade. Sales of previously owned homes spiked 14 and a percent. That's a big number. Higher mortgage rates, of course, have been cooling the housing market for some time. Uh, this is the first time in 131 consecutive months, nearly 11 years, that prices were lower on a year-over-year basis. And now we're starting to see a spike in demand. Interesting. I love this job. I hope you do, too. Thanks for listening. Thanks for helping yourself to get further towards retirement. We'll talk about that and more. It's still National Woman's Month. We'll have a guest on. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. Rob Black Dot show.com. That's Rob RobBlackShow.com.
1: Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com, powered by E.P.
2: Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. We all know that the economy is headed <clears throat> towards a slowdown because the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, it takes about a year for those interest rates to hit the brakes on the economy. And this is the biggest yearly jump ever in interest rates, exponentially as well as total moves, as well as percentage points. From where we were, basically zero money, quarter of a point. See the Fed march interest rates to 4% plus with a desire to go maybe higher. We don't know the ramifications of it, but what we do know is we've seen a lot of inflation and that tough things are likely to come due to the slowdown, due to people seeing higher credit card fees, higher interest rates. Uh, With Silicon Valley Bank blowing up, you have a scenario where banks might go, you know what? We have cash to lend, but we also look around the market and we don't want to see a run of the market on us ever. So we need to keep cash on hand. No more lending. Mr. Producer, if you want to get a house, it may be a little bit tougher right now because of what happened at Silicon Valley Bank. So if you're Generation Z, Generation X, Generation uh, Millennial, you may have tougher access to cash and that's kind of what continues to uh, extract uh, expand an economy. So what happens or what can you invest in? What can you do in a down stock market? You go a lot more conservative. You go a lot more defensive. You go a lot more, well, you got to pay your utilities or you're going to get shut off. You go a lot more food. Uh, people have to eat. Speaking of eating, eating out. And for the record, there's there's investment plays like Estee Lauder or Cody um, where you can go after makeup companies where women can feel kind of sexy with a new lipstick that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. It's a real weird way of thinking about how economy is slow and people put off vacations or people put off sundresses, but they'll, they're willing to go for something $10 to feel luxurious. Same thing with Olive Garden. Here, Rob is going to be a snob and tell you that when I was a younger man olive garden at 22 years old was a, a delicious restaurant with wonderful food no problem eating there now i'm like eh, it's not quite as good as i remember and i don't know if that's even fair to be true uh, true to be fair like I, I i don't know if that's right at a time when economic concerns start making feeling like going out is a luxury I have a family of four, and when we go out, it's expensive. My boys are no longer small.
0: <clears throat>
2: my son got an order of muscles as an appetizer, and he ate the whole thing, and he goes, can I get another one? And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm the Rob Black and not your money. Rob Black and your money goes down. Rob Black and no money. That's the new name of the show, right? $24 for basically sea slugs, right? So at a time when economic concerns are starting to make you feel like, you know, eating out, it's a luxury. Garden restaurants is a publicly traded stock. Um, they have Olive Garden. They've got Longhorn Steakhouse. They've got Cheddar's. They've got Capital Grill, Bahama Breeze. Inflation's still at a high. Making it more expensive for you to eat out, making it more expensive for you to cook in. But those affordable restaurants that are fast, where, again, I'm a little bit of a snob, or the, the quality is just a skosh below, casual dining can do very well. Some very strong brands that I just mentioned. Last year, its sh- uh, stock fell 8.2%, ending a nine-year run of gains and making it the worst decline since 2007. The stock outperformed the S&P 500 index last year. There's something to be said for casual, fast dining. Dining shares are up six and six point seven percent this year, triple what the S&P 500 is up. It's got a lot of financial strength earnings of two point five billion, no sales of two point five billion. Same store sales growth jumped seven point three percent. That's amazing. They opened thirty five new restaurants last year. Over the last year, that's the right way of saying that the semantics of 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 economic data. Sometimes I get tripped. Sorry, but I want to get it right. So Darden restaurants, again, Olive Garden is one of them, said that their strategy of pricing below their co- competition, pricing below inflation by finding other cost savings to help offset that. They feel that they're giving their customers a great value, so they don't need a promotional message to come in. For example, the Olive Garden has the never ending pasta bowl. Talking about a dream come true for someone, not for me, but for a single fee, customers get unlimited pastas and sauces. The price of this promotion was $3 higher in 2022 than in 2019. Which helped improve the margins of the offer, but was still a sale for customers by keeping expenses low. Marketing spending has dropped to 1% of sales from 3% before the COVID pandemic. So you're not spending a lot of money on marketing right now. You would think they would say all over the Super Bowl, come to the Olive Garden, get all you can eat pasta. But they don't need to. it's something that spreads its own word and people like me start talking about it. I think there's one company that uh, Red Lobster, is it? It's Red Lobster who does the unlimited lobster special in Times Square. And you have to book a reservation for it. And I'll be honest, I I enjoy lobster, but not that much. Don't need it in unlimited portions. Uh, So I guess I should give you a diabetes stock to go with the unlimited pasta, right? So now, Darden stock isn't cheap, but again, it's got this crazy history of beating the stock market. Not necessarily beating the stock market, but being up and then not underperforming the stock market in the down years. It trades at about 18 times current year earnings, which is near its historical average. That's not crazy, but it's a little bit more expensive than the overall market so there's companies like Dine Brands, which owns Applebee's and IHOP. Oh, I heard a horrible joke, and I'll ask my producer during the break if I can say it. Uh, but it's with IHOP. One minute. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna hold off on that one just in case. Anyhow, uh, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, TJ Maxx, Tractor Supply, all of which trade for twenty times earnings. You can look at kind of like Bloomin' Brands, which owns Outback Steakhouse, trades at eight and a half times earnings. Applebee's and Apple, and IHOP, who are owned by Dan Brands, owns trades at nine and 0.7. So Darden is a premium. But do they deserve a premium because of their past performance? 30. I'll let you decide. Consortium Broker Rise for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
1: What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth.
2: Since March is Women's History Month, I've decided to do something new here on The Rob Black Show. Over the course of this month, I'm introducing you to some of the female financial advisors from EP Wealth, who cover a wide variety of topics specific to women and money. When a spouse dies, What does the woman need to do? What are the top financial concerns plaguing professional women? What are, why are women investing less than men? These are all things that I've seen through my career and through my life, and they're real financial issues. Kathy Costas talked divorce. Laura Knoll today is going to talk about financial steps to take when a spouse dies. Liz McQueen brought up uh, professional women and the concerns there. Stephanie Richmond talked about the gender pay gap and the retirement gap as well. Laura Knoll has a master's in financial planning and tax with an emphasis on estate planning. Um, Laura, you welcome to my show. Let's talk about some of the issues that uh, are coming up with a spouse. I recently learned about you at EP. Because you did something pretty cool with widows. You had a, uh, a chocolate strawberry or something like that going on party. And mm-hmm. my mom, she passed, uh, my father passed away, and my mom became a widow. So I'm intrigued by how you handle widows. Tell me a little bit more.
3: Yeah, thanks, Rob. We recently had a chocolate tasting event uh, hosted right. by Michael's Chocolates there in Oakland, uh, specifically targeted for our existing clients, but to, to bring a friend who maybe has lost a loved one or spouse, because Valentine's Day can, can be a difficult time if you have lost a loved one or spouse. So we wanted to do something fun, lighthearted. Um, you know, who doesn't like chocolate, right? And having a glass of wine midday. So So it was a lot of fun.
2: I really like that because my father passed away 25 years ago. My mother lived for another 20 plus years after that, and she really had no one to turn to other than her children, no role models, no equal peers. Uh even her friends kind of backed away. So I love that you did that. I think that's pretty cool. Let's talk about these issues. What to do immediately after losing a spouse or loved one. And again, that could be a tough time because you're trying to think, I need to bury this person. I need to figure out what to do with the children. I need to pay bills. But what do you do immediately after losing a spouse or loved one?
3: Yeah, that's right. It's already a very tough time. So I do remind people to first just take a deep breath and Give yourself some patience and some grace, and it's important to set expectations that you know the financial stuff's going to take some time. So the most important thing is really to let loved ones know, plan the burial, the memorial services, contact uh, family members, etc. The financial matters. It is helpful if someone has lost a spouse or a loved one to get notification. So if you do have the capacity. To do that, to just send a quick email to your professionals that might be your financial advisor, your tax professional, your estate attorney, insurance agents, just notifying them. Um, I know on our end, it's really important that we get notification because we need to let the custodian know because there's certain rules and protocols they need to follow to make sure that everything's safe and secure. So just getting that notification. And you may just simply send an email and say, you know, here's what's happened. Just wanted to let you know. I will reach back out when I'm ready. But the death certificate is really what is the key to to transact any financial transactions.
2: I should mention that you have a blog at EP Wealth. It's EPWealth.com. This article is about Death and spouses and women in particular. It's epwealth.com forward slash blog. What do you do for immediate cash needs like a burial expense? Um, if that wasn't pre planned, it, it kind of comes at you pretty fast.
3: Yeah. And usually I am one of the first people to get the phone call when someone leaves because there, when someone uh, passes, because there is an immediate need for cash. and And what happens is cash flow can stop. So let's say the deceased had a pension or social security or VA benefits or even was taking a distribution from their account, well those may stop suddenly or change, right? They may decrease. So having that cash crunch uh, can happen at a time when you might have an increase in expense with burial costs. So cash is king. So if you've got cash in the bank, that's usually the easiest, quickest place to pull. The next step is hopefully the deceased had a life insurance policy. That's pretty easy to get once you have the death certificate. Again, that's the key to your financial transactions and I should mention it's important to get probably 10 copies of the death certificate because you're going to need this for, for many various items. But once you have the death certificate, you can file the claim with a life insurance company and that should happen pretty quick. So that should get you the cash that you need. Um, but if you, if you don't have those things, you know, again, cash is first. The next place from a tax standpoint and ease, you know, from simp- simplicity to pull money is usually a non-retirement account, like a brokerage account, followed by a retirement account. And then given that you're already having a hard time and you've got a lot of logistics you know, moving at one time, you know, you might just have to do some temporary work So some clients might just use a credit card or home equity line just to get accessibility to the money they need, knowing that once things unfreeze, that cash flow starts back up or they have more access to assets, they can then pay those off.
2: We have about three to four minutes left. What do people commonly miss, Laura? Because my spouse, her first husband died, and I didn't even think that she was a widow when I met her. Like, And she had to deal with it young, but a lot of people deal with it later in life. What do people commonly miss?
3: Commonly miss. One, one thing that's really important nowadays is having access to digital assets, passwords, uh, cell phones, you name it. So you can have your estate planning attorney write that in your estate plan, allowing the survivor to have access. Uh, I also recommend having some kind of password management system that both you and your partner have access to. So if somebody does pass, you have access to all the passwords for the household. So that, that does help. Other things that people commonly miss is just not settling their estate properly. I really encourage folks to engage an estate planning attorney, whether on an hourly basis or their existing attorney, to make sure things settle correctly. So if you did have a trust, you know, it might need to be split. That needs to be handled. Beneficiaries of the trust need to be notified. There's some liability there. If you don't, adjusting cost basis for accounts. Cost basis is what you pay for security, and many times that can be adjusted as of the date of debt. So there's a lot of things to think through. That's why I recommend hiring a professional, an attorney, a financial advisor, a certified financial planner, and a um, tax professional. And there's a lot of things that can be missed as well, such as, um, for example, a retirement account. There's different rules. A retirement account would be an IRA, a Roth IRA, a 401k, 457, et cetera. But there's different rules for spouses versus non-spouses. So there's a lot of things that can trip you up if you're not working with a professional who knows the rules.
2: So my mother passed away and what she had five sons and one daughter and We got to go into my dad's desk and find his will. We got to go into my dad's desk and find his life insurance policy. We had to do that. What if there's the scenario where the mother doesn't really know the finances or what assets they own or how any of this works? And she's really starting at like money 101 or death 101, uh, widow 101. How do you handle those scenarios?
3: That's pretty common. It's, okay. you know, typically we divide and conquer it in our households, right? So you might have one person who's stronger in the finances, so they, they handle it. So if they're the ones who have passed, you may have somebody trying to play detective to piece things together. I highly recommend hiring professionals to help an estate planning yeah. attorney, a certified financial advisor, a tax professional. And some of these folks can work hourly if you just need to get, engage some help. Um, to get yourself, get things figured out. But again, it's playing detective, trying to gather information and take notes. Ideally, you want to create a net worth statement. You want to know all the assets you own and all the debts. And then you also want to take inventory of all the income and all the expenses. So it might be digging through files to find statements. Uh, Again, hopefully you've got some kind of online access or password management system to access accounts online. Tax returns are a great place to look for clues on what accounts are out there.
2: Sounds good. Um, sounds like a lot of information. I wish this had been available to me when I was younger and going through it when my father passed 25 years ago. You're talking about the financial steps to take when a spouse dies. It's Laura Knoll with EP Wealth. She's a CFP. She has a specialization in with, with widows. And I think that's a really great specialization, um, having seen many, many scenarios of uh, This being a need, and it's unfortunate, but it is a need. And Laura Knoll with EP Wealth, thanks for being with us. You can find her at EPWealth.com. Her blog is also at EPWealth.com forward slash blog. I'm Rob Black. Again, men and women are different, and I want to really push the idea that take care of the people in your life. My father had a crazy large life insurance policy on himself. No, no, no. No, 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 no. My father had a large life insurance policy on my mom, and he had almost nothing on him. And the one that he had on himself, he let expire because he wasn't letting his kids help him with money or investments or legal issues uh, until after he died, where I got to see that life insurance policy, $400,000 that he let expire six months before he died. Now, what's interesting is he had that policy his whole life and what's fascinating is he let it expire why we don't know maybe he was too stressed he was told you will have six months and you will be dead 30. and he was dead on six months exactly later and during that period of time all he had to do was sign and send one more check-in for his life insurance and my mom would have got another four hundred thousand dollars um tragic 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 uh, women outlive men, and we don't ever really think of that. Shame on us. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
1: This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com.
2: Too hot to handle. Netflix show? Or Netflix game? Both. Netflix has a gaming division as gaming represents one hundred and seventy billion dollars in the United States. It's huge. Um, I myself game maybe 30 minutes a day, typically as a bridge between work and home. Um, I don't mind saying that. It doesn't make me feel like a fool or an idiot. I read two books a week 2 300 page books a week. I know you don't. I'm committed to pushing that part of myself. Um, I don't have time for a lot of sports. That doesn't take me further in life. It doesn't take me further in personality. Um, But Netflix is a gaming company. Too hot to handle. It's been downloaded as a game 1 million times. Netflix collection now comprises of 55 games, including new originals based on Netflix IPs, like Stranger Things, the game. It's an ad. Forty more this year. There's 70 new games developed with its gaming partners, plus 16 being developed in-house. If you include a too hot to handle sequel, plus tie-ins to shows including The Queen's Gambit and Shadow and the Bone, games span a variety of genres. They have action games. They've got sports games. It's To me, I can't put a finger on the value of this yet because I'm not a sort of chartered financial analyst. But I know that I pay X amount of dollars a month for Apple Arcade as part of my Apple subscription. I know that my kids have an Xbox and on occasion it's like, Dad, I'll do the dishes if you give me $25. I'm like, I'll do my own dishes. Thank you. You'll do the dishes. Otherwise, I'm going to charge you rent. Child. But we only have so many dollars. And for Netflix, the value proposition in binge watching, the value proposition in a library of it feels like a million titles. It's not, but it feels like it. If you can't find something bad to watch on Netflix, you're not trying. If you want to find something great to watch on Netflix, it's a little bit tougher. But this is all about the battle of eyeballs. And just one percent. Or let's do a funnier side of this. 99% of Netflix subscribers haven't tried their games yet. And it's free to you. And the games have been downloaded a total of 23 million total times since Netflix announced to push into mobile gaming back in November of 2021. The streamer started with just five games. They had a game based on Exploding Kittens, the card game, League of Legends spinoff. They had a strategy title into the breach. They're making their own game based on the Queen's Gambit, which sounds miserable to me. But they're they're growing up quickly. And now Google had a game platform on Stadia where they're trying to stream games in a cloud gaming service. And let me throw this down because I'm I'm dropping the segment, but it's it's still a good segment because it just shows you the possibilities of going vertical. When you can no longer tap new subscribers, you got to tap new services. And the vertical play here is—is is, I'm not going to say genius, but they're starting to launch—you know, 1.7 million daily users. Now you're like, yeah, that's not great. And some of these tight card titles are like um, game titles, Knittens, which is a puzzle game. And it has to do with knitting kittens, I think. Teeter, which is an arcade game. Shadow Remastered Arcade Game, Wonder Putt Forever, which is sports, Bowling Ballers, which is sports. These don't have to be brilliant games because what they're going to be able to do is say, okay, 1.7 million people played games today. 1.7 million daily users. That's not shabby. It's not great. It's not shabby. But again, it's building on what Netflix is already doing, subscriptions. And I like it. I like it a lot. Is it safety for the company does it keep it a little bit stickier a little bit stickier but what i like is that netflix is now into advertisements they've got a free tier of you can watch their shows but you get stuck watching some commercials hey that's not what i wanted now how about if they blend the commercials into the video games let's let's just be goofy here and say stranger things 1984 which is an action game If they they, they see that my son is 14 years old, that's what his profile says. And they see the shows that he's watched. He's recently watched one on skiing. Maybe they start getting an advertisement on skiing. 14-year-old, so you're getting like a large puffer jacket or discount passes as the season winds on. Apple used to make this wildly easy for these companies to put cookies on our phones so they could track what we were looking at and deliver ads that were surprisingly like, wow, that looks like it's for me. I look at beautiful women in bikinis in Hawaii and suddenly I'm being served up a commercial, an advertisement for going to Hawaii on a singles cruise. What? How did they know? We were looking at our phones. So when Apple turned off that or turned on that privacy feature, companies like Snap and Facebook struggled, struggled hard. Now, Netflix is somewhere in the middle. They know what we spend on. They know our ages. They know where we live. They can do some things that Facebook can't do. And again, 1.7 million daily users is not a lot. But it's building. So you probably didn't think that, right? $170 billion video game industry. You think Microsoft, you think Xbox, You think Sony, PlayStation. You don't necessarily think Netflix. So today I talked about Olive Garden thriving in recession. Hopefully you figured out why I was talking about that. Women's History Month, we talked with Laura Knoll about widows and financial planning. Google's opening up BARD AI for testing by users in the United States and UK said, hey, it's going to make some mistakes. Virgin Orbit, this was a SPAC. This was stupid. Richard Branson wants to send tourists up to space. Who has that kind of money? Who wants to really do that? Well, the company's filing for bankruptcy. So now we have SpaceX and you have Amazon who are doubling down on satellites. And that's about it. There's a new sport in town. No, it's not tetherball. No, it's not a new tennis game. No, it's slam ball, which combines basketball and football. They're attracting trampolines and investors in multitudes. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
1: For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com.